rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mozahamas Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. On this week's episode, we bring you a very special episode. Now, buddies, you're probably sitting back at home wondering to yourself, uh, Damien, uh, what makes this episode so much more special than any other episode of the Mostly Hamas Podcast? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's because this one was recorded live in York City. You see, uh, I went on a little tour with some buddies of mine by the name of Arliss Nancy. Uh, we got home about two weeks ago. Uh, and this episode was recorded, I don't know, probably about four weeks ago, three to four weeks ago. Uh, Arliss and Nancy, they're up and coming punk rock alt country band, kind of in the vein of, as, uh, kind of like Lucero, if Lucero hadn't gone Bruce Springsteen and stayed true to their more punk rock roots. And you see, so I'm tour managing Rodian for Arliss and Nancy, and they play the Almighty Pooza Fest. Well, my dumbass did not get a passport in time to go to Pooza Fest. In fact, I didn't even start the paperwork, I just didn't get one because I'm a mighty huge procrastinator which is why this episode's going live in an hour and a half and i'm doing it right now um so i ended up in new york city uh hanging out with my best friends adrian and kamiko and their newborn son piet piet did not like me by the way i had a giant beard and he was frightened to death of it uh, apparently to small 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 children giant beards can be like clowns or something who would have thought uh, anyway so while I was in New York City, I decided, hey, let's do some interviews. Uh, you might have already caught our interview with James Carroll, the lead singer uh, from Make Doing Men that we did posted a few weeks back. And then uh, it, it took a little time for me to get these on the air, and I apologize to to the worship of this guy's, but it just a exhaustion from the tour, getting back to home life, and just being on the road is, you know how it is. It sucks. It's hard. Uh, so I was fortunate enough about a week I don't know, my, my, my timeline's a little fuzzy. I, I can't even remember the exact specifics. But a week, about a week earlier than this, I was at Death of False Hope Records Fest, a fantastic music festival put on in Durham, North Carolina, at the Motorco, uh, I want to say Motorco Event Center, but I think it's just called Motorco. Uh, fantastic venue, one of the best venues I've ever been in in this country. Uh, Scotty Sandwich and his crew at Death of False Hope Records set up a fantastic event. And if you had one of these special checkered board uh, ska-looking wristbands, you got free PBR or National Bohemian or whatever free canned beer they had on hand all weekend long. And buddies, it was fantastic. I set up a ton of interviews for that weekend, but proceeded to procrastinate to the last minute and not get a single one of them done. Uh, Worship This was one of the bands that uh, the op- they opened. They weren't the opening band Saturday afternoon, but damn near they were close to it. We get to the venue. Every single person I know is so hungover. We're just we're out of it completely out of it and and of course you would be too if you drank fucking 40 beers the night before like we all did and then us are uh, with the artless nancy boys we're from colorado we can out drink just about any and every other band and we can do that in colorado as well but uh you know the high altitude makes us adept at drinking a lot and then when we get down to sea level Boy, we can drink anybody under the table. If you've ever been to Colorado uh, and drank, you know you get way quicker in Colorado. But once you adjust to the elevation and then go back down to sea level like we all have, boy, you can drink anybody and everybody on the table. But eventually that booze catches up and you get a mighty fine hell of a hangover. Uh, thank you again to Sean Kennedy if you're listening. Thank you for the 40s that I stole from you that uh, first evening. And thank you for the wicked hell of hangover. Uh, so we show up in Motorco and... All I'm thinking to myself is I want to sit down. I want to sit down in the air conditioning. I want to drink this delicious Bloody Mary and not think about anything. 
And then I watched this little band set up, and I'm like, God, I'm so tired of music. I just want to drink my Bloody Mary in the air conditioning. And the band starts, and I'm like, oh, woo, woo, I'm peaked. Ooh, this band rules. And guess what? It's the dudes in Worship This. Worship This fucking rules. You're about to hear that. If you're, if you're already a fan, you already know what we discovered that day at Motorco in Durham, North Carolina. This is a band to be watchful of. These are going to be guys that if, uh, if if they're willing to quit their day jobs and put a little bit extra on the line, they're going to go the distance. I promise and I guarantee that. Uh, great band, great dudes. I promised to interview them that weekend, but like I already said, I procrastinated and ended up not interviewing a single band, but I made a ton of great friends that weekend. Uh, to everybody, Scotty Sandwich, all your crew at Motorco, to all the bands we met at Death of False Hope Fest, thank you. It was a fucking blast. I'll never forget it. Um, can't wait to go next year. Death Falls Hope Records Fest is a mouthful to say, but it's a hell of a, hell of a, hell of a, hell of a festival. Uh, one of the best festivals I've ever been to, uh, this side of not being a absolute beer fest. Scotty Sandwich, next year make it a beer fest. What do you think? Free beer, free, like a $30 ticket. You get all these beer people to sign up and give away free beer, make it a nonprofit. We, they do a lot of that here in Colorado. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, we should go ahead and get into right into this interview. Uh, I met up with the dudes from Worship This. Uh, and also, the very same day that we do this interview, I interviewed Nick Harris from Luther. So check that out next weekend. Uh, it's da- it's a damn doozy of a great interview. And so is this one. Uh, so I show up in New York City. Uh, Worship This and Luther are opening up for night two of Anti-Flag's 20-year anniversary party in New York City at, I forget the name of the venue off the top of my head. I should have this written down, but I'm not very professional. Um, and then I didn't have a dime. I barely had a dime to my name. The worst of this dudes put me on the guest list. And then a couple of them buy me a couple drinks later on at the end of the night. So worship this place, Luther plays. Nick from Luther grabs me. We go across the street to do next week's interview. And then I come back and the show is over. Worship This is like, hey, dude, we're going to go back to our buddy Rob's house. Um, but you know Rob from Death Falls Hope Fest in Colorado, so come along with us. Rob takes us to this fantastic Canadian-themed bar called, I believe, the Ontario Bar? Something along those lines. I had previously stumbled in there on accident a couple days earlier waiting for a bus from my buddy. Uh, it's in Brooklyn. Fantastic bar. And they had $3 Miller High Lifes, which is a godsend in New York City, $3 for a Miller, bottle of Miller, Miller High Life is a fucking steal of a deal in New York City. I blew so much of the money I didn't even have to spend in New York just on beer and transit rides alone. Oh, I'm still broken. I'm still recovering from it. Um, uh, we drank a few beers. We tried to get the bartender to turn down the music so we could do an interview there in the bar. But instead, she wouldn't turn them down. She turned down a little bit, not enough. But we stepped outside after several, 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 several beers deep. And we conducted this mighty fine interview. Uh, thanks to Rob Peters for hanging out and making this happen. And thanks to all the guys in Worship This for hanging out and making things happen. Let's go ahead. I'm going to quit rambling. Let's go ahead and get into this interview. Uh, the guys just recently signed to AF Records, which is the record label that Anti-Flag used to run about 10 years. Uh, I don't know. A few years back, they re- restarted it. And if you're, anti- if you're not an Anti-Flag fan and you're thinking to yourself, oh, God, this is going to suck. I might as well stop now. Please. Keep it going. This is a fucking fantastic band, and uh, let's check it out. Uh, this is uh, let's just go ahead and open it up with the first track off their new record on AF Records. And again, if you don't like Anti Flag, hey, I'm not the biggest fan either. But they they've got great cho- great 
Tastes that are putting out a killer record from our friends and worship this. Uh, their new LP is called Tomorrow I'll Miss You. This is the first track, and it kicks things off mighty hard and mighty fine. The song is called I'm I, comma, Human. So let's go. Let's go, buddies. Let's take it all. Let's roll. Show with no feeling at all. Is there any solution? Deny ourselves from the prison that the world is So hey everybody, we're hanging out in uh, New York City. Yeah, New York City <laughs> with the big apple. apple. The big apple. It's uh, the biggest apple of all. <laughs> what was that again? Nothing. No, it's okay. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the worship. This gentleman. It's gonna say dudes, but you guys are all gentlemen. Um, two of you have bought me beers tonight, and that is very, very thankful because I'm dirt poor. I'm on tour. Josh. Hey, Josh. <laughs> Josh and Jeff both bought me beers. Two beers. Right. Two guys. <laughs> the Two drunk guys, guys bought me beers. Go figure. Um, <laughs> but so uh, I'm, I'm happy to be hanging out with you guys. It's been an absolute blast the last couple hours. But who are we hanging out with? Because nobody at home knows who the fuck you guys are. I'm Jeremy. My name's Aaron. Josh. Jeff. Yeah, you guys all sound exactly the same on a microphone. So <laughs> be prepared to be misquoted in future things. But anyway, so... I had the pleasure of being completely fucking hungover and not wanting to move 
at the Death of False Hope Fest in Durham, North Carolina. And I'm like looking at the lineup and I'm like, oh man, some Christian band's about to go on. <laughs> Fuck. Why is a Christian band playing this set? Okay, I'm going to go get my Bloody Mary and just sit down and ignore it. And then you guys went on and blew me the fuck away. And then uh, it's funny because all the other dudes in the Arliss Nancy band that I'm touring with, we all have very similar stories where it's like, well, I wanted the Bloody Mary, so I went to go get a Bloody Mary, and I saw this band, and I fucking could not move and could not leave the room, and I had to watch. Um... And it was you guys. And you guys aren't a Christian band. It's, it's worship this means more like, it's kind of with a fuck you attitude. Like, fuck you, worship this. Exactly. Right. And, and yesterday I, I, I wandered around New York City with uh, the dinosaur shirt with the little kids playing on it. It says worship this. And everywhere I went, people were looking at it going like, <laughs> and, and of course, the audience at home can't can't see, but that but they were checking it out, and going like, "It was a quizzical." What? Thing. What does that mean? I don't get it. So thank you for that because it was really fun, like to have all these people looking. Che- well, one, they're checking out my beautiful body, my beautiful two hundred and fifty <laughs> pound body, and then they were looking at this dinosaur, like little kids riding a dinosaur shirt and saying "Worship this" with the exclamation mark. Is it a joke? Is it real? Does he believe? It? Oh, ah! you can watch our heads explode. <laughs> Is it real? Yeah, right. So, um, and I'm going to quit rambling. So, you guys are from Cleveland, Ohio. You guys are from the Cleveland, Ohio area. Akron, yeah, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. We're from Akron. Akron. We, we. But the website says Cleveland, or Facebook says Cleveland. Well, that's Does a mistake. It? Well, no, it's <laughs> we definitely identify with the Cleveland music scene. There's not a whole lot. Um, there's not a whole lot of place for us in Akron right now. How far is Akron? Akron's about 45 minutes south okay, of Cleveland. All right. But, I mean, what's going on in Akron right now is a lot of, like, garage rock bands that we don't really fit with too well. And we've grown up uh, playing in the music scene for a while. And, I mean, similar bands tend to come out of Cleveland. So we end up yeah. playing up there a lot. What, uh, what brought you guys to the Death of False Hope Fest? You guys put out a demo once upon a time with Scotty? Yeah. Um, actually, the, the first demo that we recorded in January of 2011 uh, sent us Scotty, and he was really stoked on it, and he put it up on the Death of False Hope site, and um, I don't know. It, it did fairly well for a free download. So... He's invited us down. This he invited us down last year. We couldn't make it, and this was the first year that we got to go cool. hang out, and it was a really great time. So, for me, like you guys were the most impressive band I'd not heard of <coughs> for the whole tour or the whole festival. Oh. Uh, who impressed you guys that you had never heard of? Was there anybody? Um, I'd never seen Banquets before, yeah. and I was yeah. stoked to watch them. Absolutely. We made great friends with them uh, over that weekend, and uh, and we watched them, and it was the new record of theirs is amazing. Yeah. So I'm so stoked good. on that, and uh, it was cool to hang out with them. It was like our first time meeting up with them. So that was that. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, we saw our list Nancy, I believe, two years ago. Aaron and I went to the, the first fest. death of also fest. They killed it, yeah. and it was really cool to get to see them again. And see how many fans that they've gained since two years ago. 
Um, so that was that was probably one of the most intense sets. Sure. You don't have to say that just because I'm touring with them. <laughs> no, that, was, that was the first time I'd ever seen them, uh, to be honest, and it was crazy. Like that garage, like yeah. instantly filled up, and they had like the Magic Man in the beginning, and uh, that was uh, oh, magic funny Mike. and like cool. Like, yeah. but it was it was awesome. I really liked them a lot. I, I had this whole like I I was gonna interview like four four or five different bands. Ended up not interviewing anybody. But the whole weekend was, yeah, because, you know. You were wasted. I was wasted. And that's the nature of the beast. <laughs> but I had this drunken set of questions that I was going to ask. I'm going to ask oh, you a couple of yes, them right now. Sure. But I'm I curious, like, we're all, we're all drinkers here, right? Sure. Yeah, of course we are because we've been drinking together. What's the first time you ever experienced, what was the first sip of that alcohol, delicious alcohol you ever had? Whiskey. Cheap fucking Whiskey. Uh, we took uh, underneath the uh, the cabinet in my my best friend's uh, parents' house, and I remember we each did a couple shots, and then he filled it up with water. <laughs> and I was like, "How many times have you done that?" And he was like, "Oh, uh, like four or five times." Yeah. And then he was grounded like <laughs> a week later. Mine <laughs> was Kanai Wine. Uh, I was 13. What? Nice. C-A-N-E-I-E-I Kanai Wine, boxed wine. I was like way too young to be drinking and I remember it was it was, it was was New Year's Eve and my brother was seven years older than me and they were drinking Kanai Wine and they were like way too young and I was really way too young. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember much else like but, like nothing came of it like uh, my mom didn't get didn't get wind of it or anything, but I was definitely hung over at like ten. So, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing? Are we we had a. <laughs> there was two cousins of mine that lived in Nebraska, and they would come over for like every summer, and I think we were like fourteen or fifteen or something like that. So obviously not old enough, and they're like, "Oh, it'd be funny if you were drunk. Drink this drink; it's so good." And it was. I hate them to this day for it. Like, it was, like, vodka, tequila, whiskey, and, like, orange juice mixed together. And I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know what drinking is like, so I drank, like, five of these drinks and was obviously plastered. But, uh, felt so bad the next day that, uh, I didn't drink for, like, five years. <laughs> and now here I am. <laughs> my, uh, my brother, um, I was waiting... Me and my friend were waking up in the morning to go wait at Ticketmaster line to get tickets to go see Metallica, and my brother bought us uh, a case of Budweiser, and we drank all these Budweisers, ended up being late to go get these tickets. We still got them, but didn't get, like, sweet seats that we wanted to get. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time. So every time you listen to Metallica, you think of that Budweiser? Yeah, I still listen Injustice? to Injustice? Injustice. That that's this was the Black Album tour. Oh, I'm old. Dude. I'm 36 years old. Yesterday, Injustice was yesterday was my better. birthday. What's that? So I yeah, old <laughs> shit. Yesterday is in. Uh, it May is. 18th. Oh, it's the 20th technically oh, now, okay. but um, but still, yeah. until tomorrow it's not. You turned 20th, 21 yesterday. Yeah. It's rock and roll yeah, time, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that that's pretty good. I had some other drunken ideas. When you're drunk at Death of Pulse Hope Fest with unlimited beer pass, I'm like showing off my non-Death of Pulse Hope. 
the yellow band of sorts. But yeah, but it's like, oh man, we're going to do all this, we're going to do all that. But I apologize for not making anything happen last weekend, but I'm happy because we're hanging out now. Um, one of the things I like to talk about is the origins of people and how they got into this thing that we're in. And uh, one of the things that really fascinates me is like people's first memories of like what they discovered first. For me, it was Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I discovered some other stuff like Disney and whatnot, but Born in the USA, the single Born in the USA, I listened to over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And like I can find the building blocks of that, and I was obsessed with it. So what, what, what did you guys find first that you obsessed over as a young child? Um, for me, my family, uh, they were all pretty pretty musically inclined from when I was a kid. My earliest memories are uh, in my dining room, and my mom had an organ, and my sister had uh, a piano. And every night after dinner, we would like all sing along these like horrible '80s pop songs. <laughs> and uh, I don't—that was my first memory of like actually like realizing how much I love music. And then my siblings, who are like way older than me, got me into like. Lionel Richie and Whitney Houston and all these like terrible pop bands and then my best friend like when we decided we were going to be angry and and like 13 like he he brought over uh, a rancid let's go record and I was like fuck yes like this is awesome and then we just like bought every every band on the epitaph catalog and then discovered Fat Records comps, and then went down the, the laundry list of Fat Rec bands, and it just evolved, and here I am today, fucking and, playing and, a show with Anti-Flag. Yeah. <laughs> and all this is out of Akron, Ohio? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about what about the rest I, of you? I was, uh, I was, a, my, my brother, like I said, was seven years older than me, and he listened to, like, 80s hair metal. And I seriously loved it when I was, like, little. Like, when I was, like, I, I, I mean, 10, like, 8, I was, like, listening to White Snake and Poison and stuff. But um, as far as what influences me now, um, when I was around the age of, like, 13, I had my mom, like, get me, like, six specific CDs. And it was, like, face-to-face, big choice. And, like, I heard Green Day, and I, I saw who Green Day thanked on their album. So I told my mom, like, all these bands that they thanked, that those are who I want. Like, because I figure they're a lot like Green Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was, like, face-to-face, no effects. It was, like, all that stuff. And ever since then, skate punk has influenced me most in as far as, like... Uh, the genuineness of music and like how real it can be. Uh, I love skate punk music. It's something I'll never, I'll never leave. To be honest, the first record I ever heard, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house when I was a kid, and uh, it's cool. It's great. We uh, had a little Drummer Boy record, and I was like, okay, whatever. My uncle's like, oh, you're into that? Listen to this record, and it was Creedence. Clearwater Revival, uh, Green River, and instantly was just like, dude, duh, like, why am I not listening to this all the time? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, like, I was like jamming out to that at like five or six years old or something. And uh, a similar story to Jeremy's, I guess, like, uh, 
I got into Nirvana and like some of the Plows and Soundgarden and stuff, and then I came across Dookie. Read the liner notes, got a whole bunch of like punk rock bands. Next thing you know, I'm listening to Fat Records comps, and then just branching out from there, and it's been a sickness ever since. And here I am now. Too post, old, post, too old, and too drunk. Post anti flag show to know what's going on. For me, my um, my best friend, um, who uh, his mom lived in California, he would fly. Um, to California every summer, spend the summer with his moms, and come back to Ohio, stay with his dad during the school year. He um, would go out to California, and his stepbrother was in a punk band called Shallow, and he like brought back their record. And he's like, "Oh man, you got to check this out. This is so good. Like this is uh, my my uh, stepbrother's band." And we listened to it and got into it. And his stepbrother was like basically feeding him music. And one of the bands that he gave to him was a band called Seaweed from um, Washington and we pretty much just latched on to that band and listened to it non-stop and then it started listening to you know pretty much punk rock all the time so that's about it what was it like like I'm drunk enough that I've forgotten you guys are all from Ohio yes yeah. okay yeah. I apologize like I say we've thrown back a few um, what was it like growing up in Ohio like I grew up in Louisiana where there was nothing um, we had to go to Dallas to even buy punk rock zines to bring home to search through. So I don't, I don't know what was Ohio like for you guys. It was, uh, it was, it always felt like it was behind the times for me growing up. Uh, when I started getting into punk rock, I used to like look at all the the Southern California bands and and see what they were doing out there, and I was really envious of all the skating and surfing and uh, basically the sunshine that was out there. We were deprived of all of that in Ohio. And my friends and I, we just, we started trying to emulate that at a very young age. We were, you know, we would skate around town and wear, you know, our our baggy skater clothes. Jankos. Jankos and like wallet chains. And everyone was like, you guys are, you guys are fucking freaks. freaks. <laughs> you alternative freaks. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but like, like <laughs> me and Aaron are a little older than Jeremy. And uh, we used to go to like these places in Canton. We were from Canton. Like it's, uh, Akron, Canton is like yeah. one and the same. But How old is everybody? Like you're. Jeremy? I'm, Jeremy's 28. I'm 36. <laughs> I'm 33. Yeah. I'm 30. See, so, so we're all about the same age. I'm 31. So right, right, yeah. I, I, I still own a pair. I brought with me a pair of kickwear shorts. Dang, yes. kick you remember Menace pants, Menace jeans? I used to wear those. I can't believe I did. But anyways. He's actually wearing them right now. We used to, They used to have, like, little uh, DIY. Like, they were, like, they were, like, um, like, sort of DIY shows, like, in Greentown yeah. and, like, little suburbs of Canton. And uh, big bands would come on yeah, and like, play. It was we like saw like Digger play in, we, in Digger was town. Awesome. It's a small little community where you just wouldn't yeah, expect to see, to see like a band like that play there. Um, but but they, there was a there was actually a pretty decent like little like there, pop punk scene there. There was like, a great scene. If any band today would come through there, they'd be like, "Oh my god, this rules!" Like I don't know. It was, it was, it cool. was cool. It, it was all like kid. It was all like fifteen. Really, we were all real young at the time, but it was all like. You know, us like sixteen-year-olds, and then these like twenty-somethings would be like, "Hey, let's go tour there, whatever." 
Is that, when cool. you, is that when you met JJ Nobody? Um, no, I met JJ Nobody at um, the Mantis in Kent, Ohio. Um, and yeah, that was that was a long time ago. I was in a band called the Slowpokes, and I was think I was 19 years old at the time. That sounds familiar, but then again, there's probably a lot of bands called the Slowpokes. Probably not one that was as bad as us, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, what you were telling me about JJ and the Nobodies earlier is all completely true. Those those are some weird, weird. Weird dudes. And they have we videos. promote weird. Weird's good. Yeah, but they have videos to promote like any all this stuff. So, um, you used to be. We've actually worked together before in the Echoes. Echoes of Harper's Ferry. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to call it Harper Valley for whatever reason, but <laughs> Harper Ferry. Um, I booked you guys once upon a time at JJ Nobody's old bar. Yeah. But um, so that band broke up. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was no official breakup, but um. We definitely, there was definitely a halt put to it about uh, four years ago. And then this group of gentlemen came together? Yes. And actually, we were in a, me and Jeremy started a band in between this. Right. And Aaron and him were jamming separately from the band that me and Jeremy were in. Yeah. So, um, and then this kind of evolved from that. Uh, There's a lot more to it, but that's kind of. Where, where it came from. Yeah. And then... Well, you got to talk more about it. I, I fell, I fell out of the punk rock scene completely. Um, yeah. I pretty much burnt myself out on it. I felt like I was getting older. All my friends that were my age were walking away from it, and I kind of felt like I was lost and just, like, the last guy standing at these shows where all the people that I knew had either moved away or kind of just was, like, moved on with their life, got married, had kids. Um... We and got a kid too, right? I have two kids. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of felt like I don't know. Am I supposed? I just ended up walking away from it eventually. Just kind of lost touch with it. But you met Jeremy. And I met Jeremy. I came over to his house one night, and he started playing all these records for me. And I was just like, wow, like this is the type of shit that I used to listen to. Except the lyrics are good. <laughs> and, um, I like missed out on it like a bunch of years. Um, probably a good five or six years of punk rock and um, things really changed over that course of time and so it was really cool to have like five or six years of new bands to catch up on mm-hmm. and um, so. well they started this thing with them they were writing songs and me and Jeremy were in this project that was it was a go nowhere project from the beginning and we should have known that but like eventually like we were they were like they brought me in. I don't play bass, and I'm a bass player and worship this, but like uh, as a third guitar player, and I'm like, like eventually, like we came in and I was playing guitar, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, let's just eventually, I'll like, just pick up like a bass and later. we'll do this. Yeah, yeah eventually, it was like two days, six but, um, hours after we. Started. Yeah, long long story long story short, I I, I we were like we all came together from that. Um, from that shitty band and that Aaron and Jer- Jeremy jamming all the time and writing songs and the first two songs that we had as a band were Aaron and Jeremy's songs like Dinosaur was the one of the first songs Dinosaur Astronaut and Astronaut and those songs were before me and Jeff were ever even in the band like they were just already there and so that's what that's what this band basically started with these two and kind of we kind of just jumped on the. I, I, I meant to ask, whatever, whether 
Ohio bands have you guys been in? That maybe the people out there in the universe have heard. Uh, for me, <laughs> well, I, I've been a couple. Uh, I was in a band called Kobe in the um, the the late '90s that uh, we that's did some touring Josh. stuff. And that's how I met Jeff, who's the drummer and worship this. But like, uh, and then I did uh, a band called uh, Novalos. Uh, it was like a hardcore band, and then Friends Back East was like a skate punk slash hardcore band. And uh, those were really the most notable bands that I've been in. Josh, before this, and Jeff was in. Like I was in a, a Cleveland band called Minds Across Lines. It was like an indie rock band, and it was definitely like a, a closed circuit band from the get go. But uh, before that, I was in a couple of punk rock bands and knew Kobe, uh, knew Josh from there. My buddy Danny was the drummer in that band. Like I went to elementary school with him. Like he was like the first dude that introduced me to like Trans World Skateboarding Magazine and like I've actually known Jeff for like half cabs and stuff. Like it's crazy. (laughs) And uh, what the hell? Sorry, I just got drift on. Um, (laughs) I pee on you. I know. The like the funny thing is like I I actually knew Aaron for a while too uh, just from being in Akron and being in different bands and like going to the shows and stuff and uh, I was just telling him the other day like it's so weird like after I was in Minds Across Lines I wasn't in a band for like almost three or four years and then I was like oh my god like what am I doing with my life like I need to play music and I was like who is like a, what am I doing with my life I don't even know what I'm doing right now <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was just like you know what I was like I need to find like a guitar player that can kind of shred and I was like Instantly, Aaron Novak comes to mind. I'm not high. I'm actually drunk he shreds, right now. dude. He shreds. Emo shred. Emo shreds hard. You cry all the time when you hear him. But uh, I literally was like at work one day, and I was like, you know what? My boss leaves. I'm just gonna send him a Facebook message and be like, dude, you want to like jam or something? And somehow he beat me to the punch and the next day I logged on and there's a inbox message that was like hey dude I don't know what you're doing I don't know if you play drums still if you have time but like you should come jam with me yeah, it was Jeremy. me and three guitar players yeah we got three, we got like three to seven guitar players we're gonna players do a collective like, soul type of we're thing we're down to like <laughs> rip on guitar shit and we'd be cool with the drummer in that and the rest is history the I rest guess. is fucked the rest is just like the worst thing ever <laughs> I was in a band called The Slowpokes that I told you about earlier. It was like pop punk along the lines of like screeching weaselish type stuff. That was the type of bands that we liked. Anything on mutant pop is what we wanted to yeah. listen to. Um, it's a label I miss. Yeah, every every release was just. Aaron has awesome. like everything from them. Every, like he rekindles my when I go over in the basement. Like he'll show me like these old records it's amazing it really is like so that was pretty much like everywhere. that was our every band on mutant pop was like what we wanted to do um but we ended up asking the connie dungs to do a split seven inch with us and that ended up happening which was really cool because they were probably the biggest band on that label and we were really excited the about connie it. dungs kids <laughs> the, the record google sold, it media fire the record sold like 500 copies in a very cool, short yeah. time and it probably wasn't a good thing for us because our, our songs were terrible but it was probably I don't know it was probably, it was a really cool thing at the time um, played in a band called Yesterday's News that was an indie rock band and um, another band called Waiting for Evangeline that was 
something. Big world. Played oh. with Cody. Kobe. Played with Kobe back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you guys came together, like, was the worship this sound like what just happened when you four in we in talked? Room? We said when we start this band, we want to sound like Rancid. <laughs> that's, that's not true that's that would be awesome if that were true honestly um, but you guys don't sound here. anything like Rancid no me, we just like to talk about Rancid a lot that's oh, why no. I wore this Rancid shirt tonight when, well, so, I, I noticed on Instagram it, it's tagged Rancid punks with the heads. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, honestly though like um, Jeremy and Arian like wrote uh, those songs and I kind of like got an idea of, like what the band the feel of the band and like how the songs were going to be in and I, I think like they kind of created the song or the, the the sound of the band from those songs and I think we've we've evolved from that but we've still stayed true to like what worship this was when it was three guitar players <laughs> it was just like um it was like a like a softer like punk rock like a, a really genuine feel and uh, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing I got from them when they when I heard Astronaut, when I heard Dinosaur, and the, those are the songs that kind of I think shaped this band. If, if I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like nah, that's the way I feel. That's a, like uh, thing I was gonna say is uh, the first practice that we had was just Jeremy, Aaron, and I, and uh, they had these songs on a MacBook. What do you say? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I gotta get a drink of Heineken. It's inside. No, yeah, get that one. Shit on here, right? <laughs> and they had all these songs on the computer, and I was just like, "Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I can play like what they're looking for." And as soon as we started playing, like we just instantly wrote. It was three songs the first practice, or two songs, or something. I think we had four by the first. But practice. it was it gets like it meshed instantly, and like everything that I loved about music from the get go was just like present in that and I was just like dude why haven't we been doing this for the last five years of our lives or ten years or whatever and I, it, it definitely took me away from like everything and I, it was awesome I Sorry. think like uh, I don't know the band that Aaron and I like instantly bonded over was Iron Sheik and uh, the project Josh and I started before that we would just like kind of nerd out like oh my god have you heard Iron Sheik yet and we were like fuck yeah it's amazing and then I think after Jeff practiced with us maybe two or three times uh, he had me make him like a mixtape CD mixtape CD yeah and we like there was like put like Iron Sheik and like Reviver and Menzingers and like all the bands that we were currently listening to at the time and then we were all kind of just like, yeah, like, this shit's fucking cool. This is really meaningful. And this is this is what's happening right now, and we want to be a part of it. Nice. And we kind of just clicked with that and rolled with it. So is it just a lucky coincidence that the guy from Iron Sheik does the artwork for a lot of your stuff? <laughs> we yeah. played with him in New York. Yeah, uh, here. We, we, we met a, New York, York, we met way, a girl named Liz Manakis at the first Death of False Hope Fest. Yeah. She lives here in New York. And we kept contact with her, and she said, if you ever come to New York, let me know. I do shows at the Trash Bar. And so I messaged her and asked for the show, and I said, is there any way you could get Iron Sheik to play? Because she knew um, Lebrano, and she, like, 
wrote me back a couple days later and was like, you owe me. She's like, I got Iron Sheik to play this show. And so we were like pumped. We weren't in a band for very long and we came to New York and played a show with them. And then just asked him if he would be interested in doing artwork and did for the 7 inch t-shirt and then he's the, awesome he was awesome he d- yeah. he's done a lot of yeah artwork. righteous he, indignation right. is is his yeah, company right. it pretty much like i messaged him asked him if he was interested he said yes i said let's do it and it wasn't even a full week later he sent me the nard years cover and i was just blown away so. He did the dinosaur with the kids on it t-shirt yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, don't yeah, ever that. grow up. He also nice. did the uh, seven-inch artwork with the singles Midwest yeah. split. He's such a great artist. Yeah, Fuck. he's amazing. I wish he's I had, really good. Wish I had that much of that talent. <laughs> yeah, you um, need both. So you guys have two seven inches out and what an EP? Uh, we, we, have a de- like a we have a demo and two seven inches. Okay, yeah. One our record is going to come out. Our records it, it actually is technically. out. Technically out, yeah. Digitally. Uh, we're, we're, the pre-orders are up for right. I, I, I could have bought the pre-ordered card tonight. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, you could have um, if you really wanted to, I, but you wouldn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm on tour. I have limited funds. I'm sorry. Oh I'm actually spending a lot of it. So, anyway, regardless. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. Don't, don't say that on the record, dude. It's okay, I'll just media fire it. I know, I know. This guy needs a lighter. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. it. Yeah. It's a total bullshit question. I want to hear a bullshit question. (laughs) But AF Records, anti flag records, they haven't been around for 10 years. All of a sudden they start up and they're like, we want to put out this little known band from Ohio's record. How the fuck does that happen? Um, it happen- I mean, it I happens. I know how it, I read. I know, but anyway, it happens when you're in Cleveland and there's a really tight knit community for music, and there's badass show house shows thrown, and you get people out to these houses that, you know, they're they're in a comfortable place. They're not scared to like go go to some place that uh, they're completely unfamiliar with. And that's how we met Chris Stowe. Um, he was living in Cleveland. He's from Pittsburgh. He uh, was living in Cleveland for about a year. And uh, with the dudes and all dinosaurs, actually. And he came to a show at Dag House. We played with, I believe it was, I don't know. I think it was Sprainerd. And, yeah. Uh, and he, uh, I don't know, he met Fargo, talked to Fargo, had some beers with Fargo. He liked the songs. Yeah, he was... And he saw the community and let... We weren't... There was no... I mean, I still don't like the word... Like, there's no fan. It, we're all right. friends. Like, we're... Like, everybody in Cleveland, I know... We all know everybody. We're all just dudes and we just hang out. And we have shows and people come, you know? And that's what it is. And uh, I think Chris recognized that and he, like, kind of... He thought it was pretty cool, and he liked the sound that we had. And I don't know. Yeah, we just—I mean, we we became really good friends with Chris and kept in contact with him, and uh, we made a record. And honestly, like, we didn't even know at the time that he was like, you know, revamping AF Records. And I just sent him the record as like, "Hey, dude, like, you've been really supportive. Like, what do you think of this?" And like immediately 
started getting like text messages from him like dude this is awesome and it was followed up by a phone call and it was like well what are you guys doing with this what are your plans for this and I mean at the time we already had a label set up to put it out and next thing you know we're staying at Chris number two's house <laughs> no fast forward <laughs> no 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 that was way fast forward but like the, the label the that, that we were that we had slated to put it out is a really fucking awesome label and they're doing great things but it, it came down to us like actually talking to Bob at Mayfly and telling him you know like this is this is an opportunity that we have like we don't want to like we already like committed to this we don't want to fucking you know be those guys that are just like you know taking whatever comes at them we want to like make a conscious decision to do the right thing and he was completely supportive and he's got like a ton of cool releases he's putting out so he he definitely saw this as a better opportunity for us and we all agreed that it was the best decision for the band so you guys just put out a video for indifferent which did not go over my head. You guys are a little bit older than the scene that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. Is it? And, and of course, the video is representative of that. Right. I think. I think that's right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I hope it, you got that. Right. Right. I mean, I'm 31. We're all. We're all about the we're same. We're all age. dudes from um, this scene. Is it nervous? Is it? Are you nervous? Nerve wracked about entering into this? younger world as older guys and I'm sure no, you are I'm not personally full, full jobs. and I don't think we are as a band no so some of our best friends are like right they're kids you know you know, and, like 10 years younger than us you know it's just been an ongoing joke as a band for like the, the local kids in Cleveland they'll be like they'll, they'll make a Facebook invite for one of our shows and it'll be like oh, these guys are older than fossils or, you know what I mean? Like, like Cleveland's favorite dads. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's and it's kind of resonated with us to where we, like, we just took it as far as we yeah. possibly could and with the, this video. The, the worst thing about a band is a band that takes themselves too fucking serious. Right. And we, I mean, why not poke fun at yourselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if you can't fucking take a joke, well, then, you know, get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the video was, like, a take on um, on that. Like, and I've always thought, like, as I, as I get older, I'm like, like, just should I give it up? But it's, the video is kind of a homage to, like, don't. It's, like, part of me. It's who I am. I'm never going to do that. It would be a, I like, it, it, you'd be short. Shortchanging yourself to like just quit. You can't, you know. For me personally, I love this too much. And that's kind of. I think that's that's how the that's how every everything. And it's it's kind of like you know all the younger kids that are like cranking out awesome music around. It's kind of like a message to them too. Like, don't fucking give in to to these like corporate ideals that are thrown at you society is telling you that you have to get a fucking good paying job and you have to get a house and you have to get married and those are choices that you make throughout your life and you shouldn't have to give up things that you love to compromise what society tells you that you need to do to be a good person right and you still struggle with that as a 30 year old trust me we all do I mean I don't don't think it ever goes away 
No, I it think that's doesn't. a secret. I think that's a secret. But adults it's uh, don't tell you. when you once you come to that realization, which I I honestly have yet to do, and I want right. like, but I'm it's a beautiful thing. Like I want that. That's what I want. The album is kind of sort of technically out now. Uh, you guys are going to play with Anti Flag a few more shows, whatnot. What else is going on? Um, what, what what's the future look like? Do you have to wear shades? Leak. <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, we're playing fast for the first time this year. We're really fucking stoked about that. Um, between these anti-flag shows and fests, we have like a few short runs that we're gonna do. Um, as of right now, that we can talk about. Uh, not too sure what's going on other than that, but uh, we're just we're just trying to do our thing and you know. See how a couple the, hometown shows yeah. doing the, the record release <laughs> show yeah. sometimes. See, it's just kind of like taking a taking a step back and seeing how the records received, if people are into it or not. And uh, we still haven't played in our hometown since the record's been out on Tuesday, so we'll see. I think we're I, when's our next? I don't even know. We're what playing. Our next we're show playing is. with the Flatliners and Holy Mess and Ostapai at now that's class on June 8th so that'll be our first show back home well I'm very glad you guys played the slot you guys played at Death of All So Fest because if it hadn't been for that I wouldn't have had the fun and adventure we've had tonight we had so. a great time yeah, yeah it was awesome. amazing at Death yeah. of All so. we're about to have and a both. great time tonight we've, we've <laughs> had both but great time it's tonight it's not and over yet tonight. tonight I know it's still Sorry. going no, Rob shaking his head. Right. We got at least six more hours <laughs> right. to go. Well, festival. <laughs> All right, guys. Any, any final words before we get out of here? Uh, support your local music scene. Don't fucking yeah. give up on it. Playing it or listening to it. <laughs> Honestly, listen to Rancid. <laughs> listen to Rancid. Sometimes I have a speechless right now. I don't know. Don't you never drink more beer. Just yeah, let me go add up my tab real quick and close it out later. And let's get out of Ask here. me later. Yeah, talk to me in three hours from now. I'll tell you all, everything you want to know. Just say that in your British accent. <laughs> from the big apple. <laughs> <laughs> this is worship this coming out at you. Signing off. Signing off from the big apple. <laughs> <laughs> Corner Lowermer. We'll say thank you. <laughs> I, dude, yeah, I don't think so. You never awesome. mind about that. <laughs> well, all right, buddies. Well, thank you to those of you who have managed to listen to our drunken, rambling adventures in New York City. Man, let me tell you, it was such a blast hanging out with the worship of this guys. Uh, thank you to Rob Peters. Rob, you're a fantastic gentleman. Uh, you well, you wear Brooklyn well. Uh, I wish I had known you more and better in Colorado. In fact, I didn't know you in Colorado, but now I know you now, and we're going to be best friends forever. Thank you to the worship of this gentleman. Thanks to the two J's for buying my, me my beers. Uh, I'm going to be good friends with all you guys. Um, you guys are wonderful, fantastic gentlemen. Um, I mean, I, we're all in the same mind uh, wavelength. That's the word I'm looking for. We're all in the same wavelength, and... Uh, I think that we will forever be good friends on this adventure called The Road and touring and all that good stuff that we do. Again, thank you to, for buying me a couple of beers. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am completely, absolutely broke. Uh, today is going to be the 17th of June. I have yet to pay my rent. I spent all my money on tour. I did not. Yeah, I made a little bit of money on tour. 
Not a lot. Made a little bit. And I'm completely broke. I haven't paid my rent yet this month. So I've got a couple t-shirts up on the Most Harmless Podcast store. You can find those at mostharmlesspodcast.com or mhpod.com. And uh, check out my store. i got a couple t-shirts. Buy them. That helps me uh, pay my rent, pay my bills, eat, yada, yada, yada. Um, if you'd like the show, this is your first time listening and you want to support it, but you don't have any money, hey, that's cool, man. I don't have any money either. Uh, the easiest way to support the show for free is visiting mostlyharmlesspodcast.com or mhpod.com, uh, clicking like on Facebook, uh, going to iTunes, click on the little iTunes link and subscribe, write a little iTunes review. I don't even care if it's bad. Just as long as I know people are listening, it keeps me going. Um, again, thank you to Worship This. Thank you to Rob Peters. Thank you to the Ontario Bar for your $3 Miller High Lives. Those are fantastic. If you're in New York City, visit the Ontario Bar. Place ruled. I wish the bartender to turn the volume a little bit more, but that's okay. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and end this. Uh, I'm going to quit rambling because I rambled too much as it is. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play a new track off of the uh, Worship This' is new album. The album, of course, is called Tomorrow I'll Miss You. Uh, we talked a little bit about this song earlier. There's a really kick-ass video. If you go into uh, YouTube, type in Worship This, and you'll find the video for it. Uh, the song is called Indifferent. Uh, the video is Them as Old Men. We talked about it on the show. It's a Them as Old Men playing a punk rock show and uh, kind of the way they feel about being old men in punk rock. But they're not really that old. We're all about the same age. If they're old, then I'm old. and I'm not old, right? Right? Right. I don't know. Again, this is uh, Indifferent of Tomorrow I'll Miss You. And this is Worship This. <laughs> 